0: Get yourself a virus. It's Amigos, episode 387. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're talking about virus. Mm. Aaron, is this the worst name for a game you've ever heard? Well,
1: it's up there. I mean, because
0: uh, uh, you're talking about computer software. Yeah. And you name your game virus.
1: I mean, you could see they were getting cute. You know, it's like steal. Don't, it's
0: like steal this book. I you call you, know? it, you call it getting cute. I call it dumb. Well,
1: yeah, it could have been. They could have named it antivirus. Yeah. That would have been that j- would have been better. That would have been think? a step up, I, I suppose. But when people got it at home, they'd be kind of upset when they put it in. It was a game. Now, if you were going to name
0: this game, what would you call it?
1: <laughs> well, I did call it a few choice names. <laughs> I was playing it. Uh, uh, you know, that, well, this game had another name.
0: Mm-hmm. We're gonna get and, into and that. So, I'm sure.
1: so, and I probably would have stuck with that name mm-hmm. to be honest. You're not honest, very but. good at
0: naming things, I've noticed. What do you?
1: <laughs> what do you say that?
0: Well, you had the opportunity to rename ARG presents a game. A, a show you always hated the name. I never we had the opportunity to. to do that.
1: Wait, listen, once the ship is sailed, it's, you can't, re, you can't rename the ship.
0: I rename ships all the time. No,
1: name any show we do that you rename.
0: Roseanne.
1: We didn't do that. <laughs> Now that would have been a show. Oh, my gosh. I would, you would have been on your own for that one. I mean, once you've started the show, you can't just stop and rename it. Or we can start a whole new show. That's what RMC did. Here's he renamed his show. Oh, no, that's not the same, though. And here's here's my thing, right? So you got the Brent on the show, mm-hmm. right? And so I thought to myself, man, this thing's headed for the iceberg. No reason to change the name now. you know. And so... We've just narrowly avoided the iceberg for several years mm. now. But we're still you never know. You know, they
0: call ARG Presents the best show on I've the I've heard
1: that. You really resent that, don't you? No. It's true. You should be like me and be on all the great shows.
0: Then you wouldn't have to worry about it. Listen, it's, it's ARG Presents <laughs> is perfect the way it is.
1: Well <laughs> you are you're always welcome to come in. And then you and Brick and
0: fight to the death while I watch. Aaron, let's talk about this week's Amiga News. All right, Aaron, our first story this week comes from one of our best Amiga buddies, Ravi Abbott. He has produced a a retrospective look at his time back in iFloon at Amiga Ireland 2023. Aaron, did you check this thing out? I did. I did watch this.
1: And I I know it was sort of bittersweet to flip through this for you. And this reminded me a little bit of the video you shot a couple years ago, except uh, less angry, I guess would be the (laughs) best way to put it. But it was—I found it quite interesting, and it's nice uh, uh, to see. Like, he did some stuff you didn't do, including show showed his disco... His disco... Disco toilet? Yeah. No, his, his bed. Look at this room. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm down with it. it <laughs> it's got a neon stripe going you through know, it. You know, what they glow. don't tell you
0: is that every room in Ireland is like that. It's the, th- the mall.
1: Do you really want a thing that's effectively a black light that runs right beside the
0: bed into the bathroom? I don't think you do. Not a rental. What if you're, you know, what if you stumble out of bed and you can't remember where the bathroom is? You just follow the light. Well, Come to the window.
1: Yeah, the thing is, the light runs all over <laughs> So if you're in a drunken stupor, that could be a big problem. But yeah, I mean the room looked nice. The venue was poof. It was a big old joint. You yeah. know what? Now, well, this, this is the same place,
0: this is the same venue that it was the last year I was there. It seems brighter to me. Was mm. it did they have it darkened up before? Well, it's possible they had those curtains open. Uh let's see the curtains behind the, the screen there were yeah. open and maybe that had something to do with it. But I didn't take a whole lot of video of the venue most of my video was streaming and i in uh the the second year yeah and so uh but yeah i mean i really enjoyed watching this it was a little bit bittersweet not getting to go but yeah i enjoyed you know Ravi knows everybody yeah and so he talks to everybody and uh and it's just it's a great video you should watch it this is as close if you weren't there this is as close as you can come to to being there
1: i will say this now if i may begin the burial I tried though I tried like gangbusters to get information when this was going on to catch live streams of stuff. They're what jack squat, brother. Mm-hmm. The website said nothing. There was nothing going on anywhere. If it wasn't for Edvin who sent out some video and a little tour when mm-hmm. it was going on, I would have because I. When you were there, I got to sit and watch like a good chunk of the right. show. Well, now that's the was thing. No show. When
0: when somebody's there to be a streamer, stuff gets done. But when nobody wants to stream, nobody streams.
1: Someone should have streamed
0: this. And what got me was on the on their on their
1: YouTube, there had been like a test stream months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, if they had a test stream, maybe the test failed. They're like, screw it, we're not doing nothing. Yeah. So, but I mean, you got to remember, people like us that don't get to go, we want to see the show. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see nothing. So thankfully, they took some photos and some. Videos of some of the guest speakers and stuff that are up there now, but yeah, I felt like I kind of I felt like I was getting jobbed out, and I was looking for this thing. I got right. kind of hosed. But so, but Ravi, great job as always. There's the holiday of the show, just <laughs> box after box of Krispy Kreme <laughs> donuts. I like that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Good video there, Ravi. Right? Oh, you know, I, I'm gonna put Ravi over by the way, mode. So guess what I got to do yesterday? I got to catch Ravi's live set, brother. Mm-hmm. DJ set. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was great. I don't get to see him live very often on YouTube. Man, he lays it down, formula style. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. So if you haven't caught Rabbi's live stream, I believe that's on the, is that child's called the formula, or formula. Formula,
0: it's called formula. Yeah,
1: check that out. It's great. It was It was very, very fun. Yes, yeah. I, I had, Edmund says he only put up pictures because I nagged him. You got that right. That's what I do, brother.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Aaron. Next up, we have a, a, a an article on Hackaday. I know you and I both enjoy the old Hackaday. I do. An unexpected Amiga network interface. So this is a new Pi-based network adapter for the A1200. Uh, this this thing is hmm. great. You know, of course, there are network adapters out the yin yang for the for the 1200. But they mostly most of the time they use the PCMCIA slot. Uh, this, They're also usually old. Right. Like I've got an old one, but it's old. Yeah. This one actually it sits right on top. The, uh, the Amiga 1200's rarely used real-time clock port. Ah, yeah.
1: you're kidding me. So I didn't hear
0: about this. This is one of these little tiny Raspberry Pis. What do they call it? Like the Nano or something like that? Yeah, the, the cheapo. Yeah. That's what they call it. They used to be a cheapo anyway. And so if you're interested, you can check out this link over at Hackaday where it talks about all the things that he did to get this made. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you are looking for a network adapter, I'm sure that this thing being Pi based is going to be cheaper than a lot of the ready-made network adapters that are out there right now. That that is cool. Yeah, I mean, I got to look into that. What a neat! Now, who did think of that? Who thought that
1: up? I didn't know you could plug anything into that. Yeah, in clock.
0: You know, it makes me wonder what else you can plug into that real-time clock port. This is why we don't design stuff.
1: <laughs> Beverage cooler. But I mean, who, you know. <laughs> Who sets her out? like, you know, the Amiga's got all these different ports, but no one's using the real-time clock port. It's like, I mean, how much stuff could be run into that? Let's, a couple data lines don't through know. an hour?
0: I don't know. We're going to see. <laughs> We're going to find out in the future. This is the Amiga's holograph projector that runs out, of the, <laughs> runs out of the clock port. Give me a You brain. got a little uh, Princess Leia poking yeah. up out of your <laughs> 1200. I'd love it. I'd love it. Three-dimensional guru. <laughs> Next up, Aaron. This is the latest video from one Chris Edwards. You know, Chris is a busy guy, isn't I, he?
1: I've heard that. I've heard that.
0: So this, this is what he does, okay? I'm going to read directly from the uh, YouTube description. All right. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he prints some rear, he, rent, he 3D prints some rear plates for the tower. He installs a video toaster. He realizes it won't fit, even though it has two slots. He plays some games, tests and demos, and listens to some of his chris Miss. Music,
1: yeah. His chris Smith music is god awful. <laughs> it was like something
0: like Slayer or oh, something. Not my nice, bag. Nice. But
1: Christmas time—that's the word. They're they're affiliated with
0: Satan. <laughs> that's true. You don't want them in your Christmas party. So
1: I did watch this. By the way, just look at Chris Edwards. Um, it looks like he he just stumbled it up a six day bender. This mm. guy. And so the gimmick here is he's got his four thousand T. He's gonna put this. Uh, he's gonna put this uh video toaster in there. Well, video toaster. Well, these double slot cards. Yeah. Listen, you see all those slots, both There's like a million slots no, that, in there. See, you're, you're getting suckered. <laughs> he should have used the clock <laughs> port because he can't use most of these slots. Oh. And the only slots he can use, everything he wants, uh, is the one where it just hangs there with no screws. <laughs> so he's like, well, I guess I can rig something up. So, like, rah, rah. so
0: really, so you're saying that like the A4000, the pinnacle of Amiga hardware engineering... Never was able to benefit from the from the video tester. No, I'm not saying that. I'm
1: saying that the configuration that Paul that uh, that uh, Chris Ever's wants to use that won't fit because he also wants to have like a video card in there, which is oh, the crap. Okay, just think of who you're talking about. It's not like he's like, you know, "I'm gonna have one Amiga. And I'm gonna dedicate it to this." No, no. He's got like a thousand things in there. Mm. He's probably got he's probably got a multi port on his clock where he's just got uh, cords and crap piggybacked on it. Right. So some of this video, him just sticking this thing in here and trying to figure out how to make it stay in mm-hmm. and stuff, which we've all, I mean, I've done something like this to the PC. Sometimes stuff don't line up right or whatever. You know, but he also, he gives a great dissertation about how, like, this is part of owning Amiga. It's And he goes,
0: but I love it. It's the best. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the worst. It's the worst part. You know, when I look at this tower, I think about, remember where there were these projects to towerize various Amigas? like the sure. A1200 Tower yeah, and stuff they, they, like they that. they exist, yeah. yeah. What if you took it the other way? Miniaturized it? Not meant, but like just laid it down on its side, well, pizza box. It's type. still the same thing. No, because then it's not a tower anymore. Well, I mean, a lot of people. I, Let's I set the monitor on top. Yeah, of it, you know? it's a marketing opportunity.
1: Well, I mean, listen, towers were
0: all the rage back in the Disney. What was the What was the deal with the tower back then? Why you don't, don't you're really not want a, fan? a tower? No, <laughs> towers were the death knell of interesting computer designs. Well, listen, there towers are good. and I'll tell you why. Because it's funny, things have come full circle. If
1: you'll let, indulge me here. So back in the day, you had those big, flat, stupid-looking cases. They were yeah. big metal wedge. deals. No, no. The big square metal deal. Okay. The big thing. And PCs. I'm going to talk about the wedge. wedge is gone. Okay. Everybody had them. And people were like, man, these are some big, crazy cases. Mm-hmm. I want to set my thing on the floor because I don't need this thing up here on the desk. And they're like, oh, okay, bam, tower case. We'll set that sucker down on the floor, right? So then people just stuck it in the floor and had all the cables running their desk. They mm-hmm. were happy, right? Well- Something happened. Someone, like, something got released in the water or in the air, and people are like, you know, hmm, I could take this big, stupid, ugly box, I'll put some lights in it, and I'll put some crazy crap in it. What about
0: the window on the side? The
1: whole thing. And they're like, well, wait a minute. No one can admire this Mm -hmm. because I'm a geek. Mm -hmm. I need to have this somewhere people can admire it. So now they're bringing this crap back. Yeah. It's all coming back up. That's why you got all these goose on the LED's Mm -hmm. and stuff. I mean, listen. Do we do we put LEDs and crap in a toaster or in a freaking weed eater? We don't. Most people don't. Maybe a couple guys. Oh, no, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna put your LEDs in it the A meat eater. <laughs> but I mean, I never looked at it like I mean I must be the mutant. But I never looked at the PC tower like as a piece of art because it wasn't a piece of art. It was a boat anchor, the big metal thing. All it did was try to screw you. I guess if you're a repair person, you look at this stuff differently. Yeah, it's not crazy. a happy thing. Mm. It's gonna break it's gonna crash. It's it's there to screw you.
0: I hate you. You know, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because I guess as a repair tech, the only time you really ever looked at a tower is when it was when it was acting up mm-hmm. the rest of the time it was just under the case it's like when you're it's like when you're a principal you only ever see the kids when they're acting bad so that's see, right yeah that's
1: right so my, the way i felt about it was like i was not happy about this mm-hmm. listen say what you will but the wedges for the most part back in the day like it, there weren't a ton of people with disassembling the old c64 the coca they just weren't there was not that much in there you didn't screw with them but mm-hmm. these big ugly things big ugly fans they suck in dirt mm-hmm. and they push out pain, and that's all they're there for, <laughs> you know. But now they everything got to be fancy. Mm-hmm. Bo, so so that's you're it. not
0: I, you're not signed up to buy like the the aquarium uh, PC case, like LGR reviewed no. or anything like you that. You know what
1: I like? You know, and you've got one because we're using it right now. That little tiny box and mm-hmm. it hooks in the back of the monitor mm-hmm. I don't have to see nothing. Mm-hmm. And if that thing goes
0: bad, you literally drop kick it into garbage. Yep. You're done. Buy I'm out. One. Yep. All right, Aaron, we move on past Chris Edwards and onward into the future, onward into a new video that I found from Jan Beta. Now, some people say his name is Jan. Okay? No, no one says that to his face. Yeah, but I do. I call him you Jan. You call this guy Jan? In my mind. He's
1: super famous. I Who know. are you? So
0: it's funny how this guy is super famous. Cause look at him. Look yeah, at his face. He's just like a normal dude. He looks hoodie. like a
1: normal guy. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't Ooh, have look how fancy.
0: Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have you know sort of the suaveness that your Neil has, but he gets the job done. Job number one: put your twelve hundred in a crystal clear case. This is the prison twelve hundred. Yeah, it needs, a, it
1: needs one of uh, a Jack Flax' prison monitors to go with, and mm-hmm. you'd have the full thing. Mm-hmm. That is pretty nice.
0: So anyway, he's like, you know what this thing needs? You've got the clear case. It's time to put some black keycaps on there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now. You know it
0: cost you. If, if there's one thing I know about the Amiga community, it's yeah. their continual fascination with keycaps.
1: Well, I mean, we really, can't a,
0: stop talking about it.
1: A lot. Listen, it's not. You just, never hear the Coco
0: community talking about oh, keycaps. I'll tell you that. But
1: you listen. Do you go back and do you go out and look around in the non-Amiga world? No. Of the kit PC people, all the uh, uh, boutique PCs, they're all. It's the keyboard switch, micro switches keycaps are into all this crap, so it's not just Amiga, it's mm. everywhere. Okay. just an Amiga, you pay an extra 30%
0: for those keycaps. <laughs> well, I watched this thing, and what it comes down to is Jan opens it up, he talks about the keycaps, he talks about how they closely resemble the original A1200 keycaps. i hope. And then he replaces the keycaps. Yeah. Uh, this is not something that I would ever do. I mean, because so, yeah, it took so
1: long It, it takes. It
0: takes so long. And i got to tell you something, I'm just not a fan of black. You know, I'll take a black. If you've got a TRS-80 Model 3 or something like that, black fits that. It suits it. But I'm not going to replace something beige with something black. You know, if I've got a
1: prison Amiga, all right, and who doesn't want one of those? Mm-hmm. I want clear key caps. That's what I want. Where are those? It matches it. Exactly. Make the whole thing clear. Yeah,
0: yeah, that would be. Do they make clear keycaps? Oh, I'm sure they do. Think about think about this industry. We need like to call who do we who do we know in the biz. We got a keyboard guy. Yeah, Stanley.
1: Stanley, we're gonna call you up. This is what we want in the next batch.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I recall Boat, that the keycaps here they took three million years yes. to get these things done. Yeah, it was t- hard.
0: 2015 to 2020. I think it was this a, was a five-year process.
1: 1200. Net. Now, listen. I got nothing bad to say about these guys because their cases are to- they're a very good cases, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the keycap the top shelf. And th- again, no one want- no one starts off making a prize because they to themselves, "Let's wait five years," right. you know. So I know look that looks and looking at the keyboard here, it looks good. I mm-hmm. mean, if you're in that, if that's your color, right? I think maybe a, a red would have looked nice on the clear. Any color but black. Well, I mean, but black is the color. Basic black is coming back, as they said in shock treatment, uh, but. I I would like to see a little something different. I like the glowy keyboard that I got in there. Mm-hmm. How about something that you know that's awesome? with yeah. The LEDs. Yeah,
0: so you're you, when it comes to like outside of the computer case world, you're all about the LEDs. Just keep them out of the computer case. Have you seen my cool keyboard? No. It does it goes like, like it
1: waves of LEDs doing all it's like acid trips. That's what I want. It's hard to go back. Mm-hmm. And my Mr. Mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just doing all that crazy stuff. When you've got a keyboard like that, then you just goes like, "Well, here's the here's my beige one, not right. as cool." Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. But I mean, so, it looks good, and yeah. this guy's a stud. You made fun of his name, but he's easy. I watch his stuff; was great. He knows way more than. I mean, pff, we can't even breathe this guy's air. That's true. What are we talking about?
0: All right, Aaron. We finish up this week's Amiga news stories with a the new Amiga Attic, Amiga Addict issue eighteen is at the printers.
1: Whoa, was I surprised at this cover. And look who's on there. <laughs> yeah, it's Garth.
0: Our, yeah, it's our boy, Garth. Isn't so, no. <laughs> He's not my boy. What? You don't like Dana Carvey? Not, not especially. I like Dana Carvey. I, mean, I don't hate him. Actually, I don't really like him. I'm, That's a lie. But I like the character Garth. Why? Because he looks like this one girl that played clarinet in band. I don't know what that.
1: That's not a. That's not a. A tribute to her. You saying that? Because Garza, dude. I know, but
0: it's weird. I always thought that in my mind.
1: It's odd that they would put this on the cover. I'll tell you why. I had no idea why this was on the well, cover you know, until I looked at his but, shirt.
0: Oh, but you know that his brother invented the toaster and formed it out of nothing. No, nah, I mean God I, I may style.
1: have read that or heard that somewhere, but still, why isn't his brother on the cover of the magazine?
0: Well, Dressed as Garth. Listen, now that
1: you got something.
0: Listen, you know that you gotta put your big names on there. Bill, Garth. I wonder if they couldn't put Wayne on here. Is it just Garth? Like they Well, what's Wayne got to do with it? I mean, they're a team. They'd be like if you were the magazine and I was just like left off. Like I'd be listen, like, I don't I didn't want to break it to you. Like oh this. no. But anyway.
1: <laughs> what's that issue about? I gotta hear this. <laughs>
0: Boats, I hate H-E-A pulling shoe. Look at get the real story.
1: <laughs> good Lord. You what don't do want to hear about of...
0: my dark past? I know about your
1: dark past, and so you're not going to be printing that. <laughs> you were worried about Twitter earlier, drunk Twitter. you have to get good looking up to give that magazine an interview. True. Now, what do you think of the, uh, the uh, cover here? Because we love a meat addict. It's a great magazine.
0: Yeah, well, you want to get somebody's eye. You know when you're when you're selling this thing on the newsstand over at the yeah. boots, the W. H. Smiths. You want to have and so, you know when I think what's going to catch somebody's eye in 22, yeah. 2022 or twenty twenty three. Yeah, I might have gone different. I might have gone different on this one, but if you're going to do a story, a cover story on the toaster, yeah,
1: that's the I, only way I still, you can
0: pull it off. I still probably wouldn't have gone with that's the Garth. only way. I probably you can would do have it. gone with Tony Hawk because uh, he was an early video toaster guy. I would have gone with Todd Rundgren. Did those guys actually work on a video toaster, though? Yeah, Tony Hawk. He like edited skate videos on it. But I mean, I mean, I mean, work on it, like design it. I don't think Tony Hawk knows how to operate a computer. So <laughs> we well, just said he edited stuff with the video toaster. Yeah. who's the,
1: who the other guy you said? Frank Zappa? No, what?
0: Todd Rundgren.
1: Todd Rundgren. He said it was mine. <laughs> he thought Bad Out of Hell" was a was a hilarious tribute to to Bruce Springsteen.
0: It wasn't? No. Oh. That's
1: the only reason it got made. He thought it was a parody album.
0: <laughs> did he produce of Hell"? Man, what a guy. <laughs> well, I mean, no
1: one else wanted it.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, by the way, he went to the money bank. Yeah, he With did. that one.
1: I don't know. You know, if, if you think about it this way, all right, because we're sort of burying this, but our generation, one thing's for sure. You look at that cover, you know exactly who it is. Okay. Right. And you don't think, hey, look, it's Dana Carvey. You know what they, they think? Look, it's Garth. Right. You know, I saw both those films. The second one was no good, but the first one was pretty good.
0: So here we go. This is the word from Texas foosballer. Dana Dana Carvey based the character of Garth Algar on his real brother Brad Carvey, there who was. Go. So this is the real life Brad. Garth is the real life Brad. Wow, you got to go through several layers yeah. to get to that. I'm sure that's mentioned in here. Mm-hmm.
1: And the toast thing. What's the scoop on that? Was that something from the movie? The
0: no, I don't know. I think I think he only because wore The those.
1: Twitter thing says, Anyone for toast? Is that a toast? Is that the video toast? What's well, the video a,
0: toaster? That's, that's it. That's it. Oh, I don't see. Know. Before you were complaining you had to go through too many things, and see, now
1: you're like, It's too on This mad. is like that game that we played a couple weeks ago. We had to do the word puzzles. This is too hard for us. Listen, me.
0: I think if we proved one thing, it's that we should not be designing the covers on any magazine.
1: No. <laughs> hey, and we had a great magazine, it had awesome covers. We had
0: nothing to do with it. Well,
1: no, that's why it was good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and that, Aaron, brings us to the end of our Amiga News of the Week. Man, that was some that was some uh, riveting news stories. I mean, seriously, I like it's, that. It's funny because you, sometimes you go through weeks and all you have is game news. And you're like, is the hardware finally going away? But no, boom. You get stuff, clock yazoos and stuff, and it's crazy. You know, before we move out of this category, just a couple little tidbits.
1: You know, remember a couple weeks ago uh, we covered that story uh, where Doug had taken his amigo online. Yeah. Saw, I mean, it was all that crap with YouTube and mm-hmm. stuff. Our own Edvin Helen has recently taken on the task of doing all that crazy crap. He actually had a YouTube video of me and Brent on ARG Presents Playing on his Amiga, and he had he had pictures of it on the on the Discord. So I
0: believe what he did was he downloaded the video. That's right. In something like one eighty p or yeah. maybe even eighty p. All I know is there's me and Brent in video, and he was <laughs> yeah. like
1: he's like I can't believe I'm watching ARG on the on the It's thing. pretty cool. Listen, it's pretty cool. Doug was right. It works, and for a certain person like a, an Edvin, mm-hmm. real passionate guy, he's got you know crazy crazy man. They'll do it. Yeah. You know, and I think I think it's cool. Hey, the options there. So good on you, Ed, but and you also, good choice, because that's the flagship show, brother. That's right. You'd think you'd watch Amigos on an Amiga, but nope. nope. It's ARG for it's all the
0: way. That's right. All right, Aaron, it's time to talk about sponsor of Amigos, Retro Rewind. You know, if you have an Amiga and the Amiga is either acting good or acting bad, say you've got one of those tower Amigas. Yeah. And you're real, real scared because it's acting up and you don't want to get in there because you're talking about money, brother. Money, if you want to get rid of this thing on the third-party market, yeah, you can't have telltale signs of Radio Shack soldering iron on the board. Wait a minute. They sold some decent soldered iron, but most of them garbage. Yeah, yeah, the one that I have is not great. So well, it's, You should blame the tool. That's it Shouldn't talk to me like that, Aaron. <laughs> so... Woo. Retro Rewind is a place for you to go and visit and buy things for your Commodore computer.
1: It's perfect for people like yourself.
0: It is. It is. In fact, I've been making a mental list of all the things that I'm going to bring to Frank at BoatFest this year to fix. Yeah. The list is long.
1: I see. I, too, have made such a list. And the reason we make these lists is because when Frank came around last time, we got to see his skill firsthand. And you can experience said skill. Mm-hmm. You don't have to come to BoatFest All you should. But if you have problems with your various Commodore or color computers, you just send them up to Frank. He will take care of you. He will take care of all your issues if if he can. If they're fixable, he can do it. Why? Because he's not a scrub. This guy's been in the business for decades, decades, double decades Mm -hmm. of action at the highest level, featured on TV. Mm -hmm. He's a big deal, right? And he's got big skills to
0: take care of your issues, Boat. Yes, that's right. And... You can load up your cart with goodies, whether you want a uh, HID mouse adapter, maybe you want an A600 accelerator, or maybe you just need to get some caps. You can load up your cart and use promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. Save yourself 10% off the already low, low prices at Retro Rewind. We thank Retro Rewind for being an official Amigo sponsor, but most importantly, we thank them for being such a great member of the retro community.
1: Hey, let's put Frank over, by the way, because Amigathon's coming up, as you know. And we, Of course, we're, we've already opened the floodgates on the Amigathon, mm-hmm. and Frank met all bids up to 500 bucks, so he doubled it up, effectively. Yeah, yeah.
0: so thank you, Director Rewind, for matching the first $500 in donations. Uh, we appreciate that, and if you'd like to check out what's going on with Amigathon this year, head on over to Amigathon.com, and uh, in just three short weeks, Aaron, we will be uh, going at it for 12 straight hours.
1: <laughs> yes, we will. It should be a lot of fun, Boat. And I'm looking forward to playing tons and tons of Amiga games, and maybe not necessarily other games that we may we may avoid thoroughly. <laughs>
0: All right, Aaron, let's talk about Virus.
1: Good. All right, that's the that's a the love theme from another game because Virus has no music. <laughs> we, we stick something in there, so. Boy, let's talk about Virus Boat, this poorly named game. Uh, released in... Now, this is something, all right, because I know where this is going to go, but let's get it over. This thing was released in ni- way back in 1988. Mm. Boat, old game. Yes. All right. Uh, came on one disc uh, in the tradition of the author and developed by a fellow named David Braben. Mm-hmm. Now, Boat... This guy's kind of a big deal.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, I go way back with the brave. Do
1: you? <laughs> You're a Braven fan, are you? So,
0: I mean, well, he's elite. He's the first and the last name of elite, except for the other guy. He
1: he he's, he he's did, uh, uh, amongst the other things he was uh, responsible for, it was the elites, all the way up to, like, elite dangerous and stuff. Like, he was in. He was mm. involved in all this stuff, uh, Boat. Uh, he, was in, he was involved, of course, in the game today, plus the predecessor of this game, which we'll talk about, called uh, Zarch. Involved the frontier, of course, uh, some roller coaster tycoon stuff. So, and, he, and his career went on to like consoles, whole nine yards. I feel like an idiot for not knowing this, but in 2011, Braven created the Raspberry Pi. Did you know that? Because I didn't know that. I don't think that's
0: true. That's straight
1: off that's straight out of the thing. It says he was involved in the podcast. Okay, project. he was in,
0: he was involved in it, but he no, didn't formulate I don't out think he just pulled it up from the ether. There's a but... guy called Eben something that is actually the guy behind Eben the Steven? Raspberry.
1: Eben Yes.
0: I think his name's <laughs> Eben name. Upton or something like that. That's a that, good name. There was the the creator of the Raspberry Pi. Uh
1: he also is a get this, he's a fellow of the Royal Academy of Engineering. You can tell this stuff because the guy... And... Oh,
0: my gosh. Do we... Ha- Is this a 30-second clip of virus that's going to play behind this? No. Okay. It's a...
1: No, why? It's okay, a- 58 e- e- minutes. Because
0: Edvin... Edvin... Okay, I don't know what happened, but Edvin was complaining. Well... Pff-
1: <laughs> what are we catering to Edvin now? Listen, man. That's ARG. Don't that- <laughs> do it on here.
0: Anyway, continue, please. So,
1: anyway, this guy's done a few things. He's sort of a big deal, if you know what I mean. Um... He was responsible for a game. You ever heard of a uh, of a machine boat? You may have heard of this thing. It's called the a- the Mighty Acorn Archimedes boat. Remember how many years we lamented not
0: owning an Acorn Archimedes? I still lamented. I was looking at Acorn Archimedes monitors today and thinking about buying one. You're kidding me. No. There's one for sale right now for $250. It's one of those 15 with the weird sink, so it would work with an Amiga 2. Yeah. I didn't buy it, but I was thinking about it. It's for sale in the UK.
1: If I could get one of these things, I'd have one,
0: mm-hmm. you know, because that's
1: me. Anyway, um, and we'll go ahead, let's go ahead and get this out of the way early because the virus game is basically the, I guess we're going to call it the updated version or downgraded version of Zarth, okay? Zarch. Zarch, excuse me. Let's go right to the port comparison boat here. I've got it on the screen if you're watching at home. So, Zarch was one of the early Archimedes games, and it ran with, uh, it was an unusual game. If you've never seen this game before, I mean, it reminds me of a few other games we played on Amigos, where you've got a very small chunk of real estate under you that, that is a landscape, and you're in a flying craft, and you roll around this landscape, and the landscape, like, rotates under you and turns. In uh, Zarch... Uh, it's pretty much a lot of the things the same, except for two big differences. One, Zarch runs a lot smoother, a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. And two, and this is sort of a bummer on the uh, on the Archimedes, Zarch had dynamic lighting.
0: Have you I watched much th- of this? And- not only did I watch it, I played it. Oh, you actually loaded up Zars? Yeah. What'd you think? I loved it. Well, that's a lie.
1: Um, <laughs> if you told me it plays better, <laughs> I was going to punch you.
0: It, it doesn't play any better. Okay. But I loved it because I was playing a game on the Archimedes. Uh, part of me, <laughs> I got to be honest, I didn't notice the dynamic lighting effects yeah. when I was playing it because I was too busy dying over and over again. Yeah. But one thing I did notice was it seemed like you could see more of the ground also below true. you. got true. You've got a, you've got a,
1: a wider... A wider area to look at, but the one thing that really uh, is just nicer is that it runs much, much smoother. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with all that said, uh, it was time to port this thing to the Amiga, and and they did. And Among other uh, computers that this got taken to, I'm surprised by this list, uh, really. Both the ST, uh, DOS, of course, the ZX got a version of this. Wow. I didn't That's look at it, I wish I had now. That I think about it, uh, and what happened was when they poured this over again the uh, the amiga is a um uh, it's a slower machine than the Archimedes, obviously the Archimedes is like a thirty two bit machine and so there it just it, it was there were certain limitations now he did take advantage of things that the Amiga were good at, which was adding some sound effects and whatnot uh and so basically it's a you know from what i read it was a it was a fairly it was mostly the same thing just with the limitations we talked about so with all that said, I want to get the backstory, in so we can just talk about the game itself.
0: What is Virus? Uh, you want to take this one? Sure. And <laughs> go ahead, Boat. So, Virus is a three-dimensional polygonal space shooter. Yes. In which you are you pilot a spacecraft in a 3D, uh, infinitely scrolling uh, space, at which you target uh, various uh, uh, enemies, both in the air and on the ground. The story of the game is that you are trying to prevent uh, these uh, aliens from spreading a ground-based virus across the landscape. That's where the name of the game comes from. Um, that's a, that's essentially what the game
1: is. Yes. Yeah. It, it, some people, uh, in fact, Moby, a couple places refer to this as sort of, sort of Defender-like in yeah, a way. I
0: would call it, yeah, Defender-like.
1: Yeah. <gasps> um, The ship you pilot is sort of a, uh, it reminds me almost like if you fully envision the ship from Asteroids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a triangle with some like shape and and with filled polygons everywhere. And the other ships, it looks like what you would expect like old VR to look like Mm -hmm. or your classic. You know, we've played a lot of games like this. This is how 3D was done Mm -hmm. on this level of machine with some ground, you know, with some shadowing and some ground stuff. But for the most part, you've got these big, huge, chunky pixels as your groundwork and then you've got stuff uh, going over it. Uh, um, so all of that sounds well and good. The game also includes a map in the upper left. It's a huge, it's a map of like a, a pretty large space. It's kind of deceptive to look at the map. You're like, wow, look at all this space. So now we're going to talk about the gameplay here. And we're I'm going to try to Explain the controls. Because this game, you know we talk about some games, the controls are the game. And this is absolutely
0: that kind of game. Uh, when this game comes up, it asks you if you'd like to remap the keys of the keyboard. And by the way, that's one thing that the Archimedes version did not
1: have. I did read that, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, so when you remap them, I thought I knew what I was doing when I remapped them, but I, I didn't know. And I, I rematched them, I don't know, about a hundred times trying to come up with something. This game the control this UFO or whatever you're controlling this game controls it's got basically a bottom thruster that' shoots you up and then to move forward instead of like the the thruster never goes to the back no it's not like a plane you always have to fire off this bottom thruster and so what you have to do is lean your ship forwards or backwards to change your trajectory well the downside of that is uh, as you do this, you lose altitude because you are actually you don't have anything pushing down mm. towards the earth. It's pushing sideways. Um, you can do this in a number of ways. You can play this game with the mouse. You can give it a shot. You can play it with the keyboard. You can give that a shot. I tried both, and um, uh, in full disclosure, I was god awful at this. In fact, I was embarrassingly bad when I first started up. I could get all, I could go straight up, and then I could attempt to ro- do something and crash. I did that hundreds of times trying to play this game. Eventually, I got to the point where I could move around the map. I, and you could also shoot and fire missiles in this as well. Uh, and so, and you'll you'll be accosted by aliens that you, and you'll see them come up on the radar. Really, the game's a simple game. You see an alien come up on the radar. You attempt to fly intercept it before it does too much damage. You try to kill it, you move to the next level. That's pretty much, at least the early parts of the game, that's what you've got. Uh, But uh, that easy task is the most hard thing I've ever done in the history of man. I had all kinds of trouble. There's a ceiling. You could go, I mean, you could literally fly straight up into space. And then you just go up. Uh, uh, But when you do that, you don't see the earth. So effectively, the screen is black at that point. The screen is black on the sides anyway because the map of where the ground doesn't cover the whole screen. It covers, gosh, what would you say, a varying degree, no, but no it, it more covers, than a it, third.
0: Yeah, it covers probably up to a third of the screen.
1: It's hard to explain what this game is, but take think about this. Put a map on a table, and, the, and then turn the lights off and get a flashlight. Mm-hmm. And pretend the top of the flashlight's your ship. And then turn the flashlight on and move it around the map.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's a great, much that's what a great you analogy. See. Uh, Except there's no like gradual fading out. It's just pitch black right. outside of that. And I think that's the
1: Archimedes. I think that's where the, the lighting, which I, it's cute, but it doesn't really make that much of a difference. And of course, unlike a map, this is you know this has valleys and trees. And so, but I mean, you get the general idea of how it works. Boat, did you have any luck at this in terms of gameplay with the controls?
0: Well. I played this game, I started out, first of all, I started out playing this game on the wrong system. Okay. So, if you try and play this on the A1200, you're screwed. You've got to play this on a slower machine, because yeah. this is a game that's tracked to the, the processor. I actually
1: played this on the uh, Amiga Forever, and I turned it on to the 500, because mm-hmm. at 1200, I was I kept dying real quick. Yeah,
0: so, playing this on the 500 is essential. Then I started playing with the mouse... And the mouse was uber, uber sensitive. Yeah, you would tip over easy. And I don't know if it's because like the mouse settings. I've never had trouble with the mouse in any other game on the Amiga. So I'm not gonna screw around with it just for this one game. Yeah. Okay. Don't so do that. I, I went I went to the keyboard. Okay. And I had limited success with this game. I was able to fly around, find enemies, and destroy them, but I was only able to destroy them with the missiles. You get three homing missiles yeah. in this game. And you can launch the missiles and they they will hone in and destroy an enemy. I was able to complete the first level because you only have to kill three things to complete the first level. (laughs) That's
1: exactly what I did to get past it.
0: Um, This game suffers from some things that I think are fixable. I don't think this is a completely lost cause of a game. To me, there are two gameplay elements that need to be changed if this is going to appeal to anybody else than the most sort of hardcore gamer who's willing to waste you know, long periods of life, I'm talking real life, on this game <laughs> uh, to, to achieve any kind of success. The first thing is that you have to be able to tilt your ship up. Um, I'm okay, Even though it's, it's completely stupid... Like no real ship would only have a bottom thruster. That's the dumbest design in the history. Maybe of Maybe that's where the aliens do it. They, well, the, <laughs> the aliens have got other things going on in their ships, presumably, that allow them to travel forward. Because whenever you see a UFO, a saucer-shaped UFO, you never see it tilting forward to go forward. That's not it's how they a, roll.
1: It's an interesting. It's an interesting way to do things.
0: Let but, me let me continue. Yeah. Uh, the. In this game, you can tilt your ship down, okay? You can tilt your nose down, but you can't tilt your nose up past parallel with the ground. This is an issue because if you're going fast and you want to slow down rapidly, ideally what you'd do is you'd tilt your nose up and you'd use the negative movement to slow yourself down. You'd start accelerating in the other direction. If you could do that in this game, it would make it so much easier to control. It would also make it seem more natural, too, because you'd have 360-degree movement. As it stands, you can flip your ship completely upside down and drive into the ground, no problem. Every time, Yeah. yeah. That's the first thing that's wrong with this game. Yeah. The second thing that's wrong with this game is that your altitude is entirely too much. You should not be able to fly up into the atmosphere where you lose sight of the screen. They should have made your play space a glass box where you could fly up to where the screen is almost just about gone, but that's it. Because when you're, you don't exactly have what you call exact thrust controls in this game. You just start going and you go and you go up into space and you can go up a really long way, okay? And so uh by doing that you completely lose any sort of navigational abilities you might have you lose the the relative uh positioning of your ship versus the ground and then you're just flying <laughs> around in space okay yeah. so if they would have fixed those two things i would have had a much much better time with this game
1: we've played games that were similar with the landscaping mm-hmm. and similar with the view we played a uh, that helicopter game, was it? Z Wolf. Z Wolf. Mm-hmm. We have played a couple of these, and we played games there. So I can get past. Listen, it's a game of its era. I can get past the real, real small draw distance and the and all that stuff. I can even get past the goofy controls because again, you've got to make this some sort of game. But you nailed it dead on. The game, it's it. Why would you not make it easier? Just to stop, slow down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why? I mean, there's a there's a button that will flip your ship, but by the time you're in a 3 fall, you're bone. Mm-hmm. There's no pulling out of uh, it out. You're done. All right, you're gonna hit something—the water, the ground, whatever. And so, at the end of the day, what you've got here is something that's uh, accruing. You know, this game, I've seen this game a million times. In like little like highlight reels of the Amiga or something, you see the because it, it, it's real striking the mm-hmm. look of it.
0: Absolutely, you
1: know you've probably seen it. We, we didn't know what it was, mm-hmm. but we've seen it hundreds of times. Yeah. But when it's time to play the game, uh, it's it's not fun. It's frustrating to me. And and now this game had a rep. I read about it before I even played it. I'm like, listen, this is tough on beginners. Yeah, they're not kidding. Well, guess what? I'm a beginner, and if you're too tough on me, I don't want to play your game. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and this I think part of it is this game was probably a game of its era because it's one of those games that came out. And people are like,
0: "Holy smoke!" You know what? You know what? This game reminds me of this game reminds me of a three dimensional lunar, lunar lander. lander.
1: I almost made the comment when you were talking. I the, agree.
0: The, the problem is, is that and when you're playing Lunar Lander, you're not fighting off enemy jets. Yeah, they should have included a mode in this game called Dumb Guy Mode where you can just, or the free fly mode, where you just fly around, you practice landing, you practice taking off. You kind of play as a, as a tourist because this is a, this is a world that you want to fly around in. This is a world with lots of little touches. There's buildings, there's different types of foliage. When you drive across the ocean, you see the fish jumping out of the ocean. This is the type of game that begs for a free flight mode that just lets you get used to the controls and get used to flying around without having to deal with the hassle of other craft trying to blow you up. Yeah,
1: I will say I occasionally could I could shoot stuff, but it was very rarely was there any skill behind. it. I would just get lucky. Well, even we know as, as, as we're
0: watching this playthrough, and I, I you know, this guy, this guy obviously he's better than we are. But if you look at his his attack pattern. What he essentially does is, when an enemy gets by, he just scatter shots fire in every yeah. conceivable direction.
1: Oh, there's no conce- theres no way you can hone in on the enemy. Like, I mean, this is not a—you're not going to be a, a, a sharpshooter in this game. You're just going to spin around and shoot like a maniac. Mm-hmm. The map in this—the it, 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 map seems fine. It shows you where stuff's at. It shows you where to go. But getting to those points is is frustrating. I almost wish it didn't happen. Because you're trying to get somewhere, if you were trying, it didn't matter where you went; it would be easier because you don't, you can't get anywhere.
0: Yeah. Now this this game, you can tell that when Braben designed this game, he wanted to give it some personality, and he didn't just make you know like in Defender, you're fighting against these these alien guys. He actually, there are different names, there are the, the crafts are all different sizes, they all have different characteristics. There's the cedar that that spreads the virus. There's a drone that can mutate into a mutated drone and become more deadly. There's a thing called a pest, uh, which is a magenta and yellow octahedron, which always heads towards your hover plane. All these things are great, but here's the here's the reality. When you're playing this game, you never see any of that. All you see is some random shape zoom towards you and either destroy you with a bullet or run into you and cause you to die. Yeah. That's all you see. I know. I you know, <laughs> Listen,
1: I knew when I, when I saw this come up and we were playing it, and I was like, here, i got going to go talk about this game today. I was like, this is going to be a struggle. Because this uh, for me to comment on the game, I like to have made some progress. I got to the third level one time. And it was, I killed some stuff on the first level with my guns, and I used the missiles and killed some stuff. On the, and, I was, and trust me when I tell you, it was pure luck. The number of times I died in this game is like the number of times you would blow up lemmings in the game, just hundreds and mm-hmm. hundreds of times. Bang, bang, operation, and you start over, over, and over, and over. And I started saving my games uh, and, on, on, uh, on the computer so I could just, okay, I got a guy to right. save the game. Yep. Yep. That's no
0: good. Mm-hmm. When you kill one guy or two guys, and you're like, okay, let me save the what game. What you're describing is Yolanda at this point. Because, I mean, it's literally it's literally, oh, I did one thing right. Now let me you know save my progress so I can go on to do the second thing. Now am I saying this is as bad as Yolanda. No. This game is fine. You know, it's not bad at all. It's just way, way too difficult and it's a product of its time and so I ways. had more
1: fun playing Yolanda. That's a I'll that's a lie. You. There's I did. no way. You I did. Could have had because no it was I listen, Yolanda, I could at least tell where it was going on. I could I can move my character left and right, which is more than I could confidently do in this game. Now listen, I'm freely admitting that I might just suck. Okay, and I haven't looked at the reviews we got. So if other people are like, listen, because the reviews this thing got, which I might as well go ahead and talk about them real quick, they were stellar, boats, stellar, stellar reviews. You know, and this game was highly uh, regarded. Uh, the people over at Lemon give it a seven point four seven, and again, that's going to be a tough bunch. Uh, uh, Amiga Computing eighty seven, AUI eight out of ten, Commodore User nine out of ten, the Games Machine eighty three. Uh, I will say your Amiga buried it with a fifty-three, but the average magazine rating was seventy-four. And this thing won lots of awards and stuff too. Like get this boat. Uh uh the this thing got it, it was named uh it was named in tons and tons of top lists, you know. Like it got it got a there was a verse of this that got released on the PlayStation, you know, Which I heard just,
0: about that. Virus two thousand.
1: This was voted the fifth best game of all time. In a 1991 issue of Amiga Power, okay, so uh,
0: they, 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 so
1: clearly someone was having some fun with yeah. this that we didn't have. Yeah, did you get any action on this?
0: Uh, yeah, we got tons of Discord reviews. Maybe this they week. can
1: maybe they can uh, fill us in here.
0: David Hearn, writer, writes: "Virus is a very challenging 3D shoot 'em up with challenging controls. It requires a different strategy for the different enemy types, and you'll die many times as you work that out." I think they improved it from the Acorn version, and it truly was a next-gen game back in the day. Well-designed, but brutal. I still have a soft spot for it. 7 out of 10. Yeah, there you go. David Z writes, Wow, what a mix. The actual gameplay was horrible, but I just loved kind of just flying the ship all around. I only played for about two hours, and I never actually blew up anything, but I sure as heck crashed about 4 million times. I did play on Win UAE and had to slow everything down, but maybe I should have slowed it down a bit more. Sound was okay, but could use some music. The 3D engine was great, but as always, I flew too high and I never knew where I was. Map, help, map helped a bit, but then I would just kind of crash down as I tried to get lower to see what was going on. 5 out of 10. Lord Soup writes, Virus. Looks great. The static camera, while liberating for the CPU, really doesn't work. Controls are really twitchy and I find unintuitive. A game way ahead of its time, and I commend the coding of achievement. A modern twist with real c- rear camera and longer draw distances could make the idea into a game I want to play. Sorry, Mr. Brave, and you didn't draw me in on this one. He also reviews Zarch. He says, it's worth mentioning Zarch, the Amides, Am- Archimedes and PC version of Virus. Better draw distances really help this game. Five out of 10 jocko Pajako6502 says, Okay, I got this. Up, left a bit, right a bit. Tilt forward and thrust and... Whoa! whoa! (laughs) A technical marvel on a 16-bit machine, but I found the difficulty curve not only with flying too much too, but even the aerial dogfighting was tricky. I'd fly around trying to find some bodies to eliminate and trying to work out exactly where I was shooting from a third-person view meant either getting blown out of the sky or smacking into the fantastically rendered scenery. Missiles helped a lot, but they are limited. Along with the limited view area, this, is, this one is not an easy one to pick up and play, and for me, this probably would have worked better as a game in first-person view. I've tried a few times in the past to play this, and always end up walking away frustrated. Maybe one day I'll get it, but not today. 5 out of 10. Levellord writes, I had high hopes for this game, and I sure, I'm sure I played it a long time ago, but doing so now is fairly disappointing. Main issue for me was constant fight with gravity while trying to shoot stuff. If I would be able to split controls between keyboard and mouse, it would be a different story, but no, it's one or the other. Comparing this game because the concept is very similar to my favorite shooter on the Amiga, Z-Wolf, this one can't even come close to it. Just to add, maybe it was unplayable due to the speed of my system, but anyway, no fun. 3 out of 10. And Virus Review from Z9K9. He writes, There aren't many games with completely original control schemes, but the seldom imitated virus is one. From a third-person perspective, it elegantly compresses both direction and pitch in a smoothly context-sensitive fashion onto the singular plane of mouse movement, which is hard to comprehend at first. But rather than study, this is better approached as a perceptual motor skill, like riding a bike where fluency is simply acquired with time. Reward is a vocabulary of moves distinct from any other flying game, blendable with fully analog precision and graceful flow. The controls meet gameplay of wholeheartedly, gloriously full-throated 3D combat, strafing the landscape, cutting sleeping landers in two with a ground hook of gunfire, matching your speed with a high, straight flying bomber, geometrically angling to slot him with a wall-flaced bullet at your leisure. He goes on to talk about the great things in this game.
1: Yeah, I love the it. colorful
0: quilt-like landscape of squares makes stylish capital from the constraints of draw distance. Every screen a diorama. One oh. of my favorite games.
1: Man, that's yeah. that. Zena not only is he a that's great a, player, he's he's a quite a quite a, a He's, verbal a, he's a wordsmith, as you they know, say. I was just thinking about this as you were reading these reviews. So this reminds me of there was a game that was a, based on this technology that became a big deal in the PC company. It was called Voxel technology. Mm-hmm. We maybe even play something on it. I was a game called Comanche. I remember that came out for the. It was it took advantage of Voxel technology. It this reminds you. It reminds me of like two steps up from this. Mm-hmm. It's very similar except the more refined full screen. This game could have done something else that would have helped this game. And I think Soup mentioned this in his review. If the camera hadn't been if you had been front and sit on the camera and instead the camera zoomed out mm-hmm, to sure. reveal the landscape under you to give you yeah. some idea yeah. of where you were at. Yeah. Now, of course, again, we're complaining about things that the Amiga maybe couldn't do. Right. This was something you'd see later on. But I think this is one of those games that stretched out its hand. But It stretched out the hand, and it was just the technology wasn't there to pull this sort of game off for me. Clearly, other people enjoyed it. Now, I did look this up on the eBay mode in case you're interested in picking this up, because this one would probably be a pretty decent one to have. Um, this game goes for some bucks, all right? I saw people selling it for 70 and 74 bucks. That's the big box. I saw the small box selling for 29 to 23 bucks, and I saw this sold in the big box, 128 bucks, and in the small box, I saw it sold for 34 bucks. So you can obtain it if, depending on what you want. I don't know. You looked I didn't look through the rule book. I saw you had it out there. Was the, did the did the book offer you any sort of
0: additional help? No, the, the book is, is very, very simple. I mean yeah. it looks like the, the, the manual to a twenty six hundred. Is game. that it? This is it. So it's just two pages. Oh no, no, oh. no. It, it's got it's got pages, but it's it's, okay. it's controls and then there's there's four pages of enemy types. I see. So it's it.
1: not not an epic no. novella. There's no novella. Yeah. Which we, we demand in our games now. So, w- any final thoughts on this? Yeah, not good. Not good. Did- <laughs> well, there you go then. There yeah. you go. Let's move on, shall we?
0: All right. What's been going on
1: on the old YouTube channel Holy this week? Holy smokes, what hasn't been going on, Boaster? We've actually got a lot of action here uh, this, this week. Let's start off with a little thing I like to call... Coco Bond. Let's talk about it, Bo. Okay, Give man. us the scoop, man.
0: So, Coco Bond is a Sokoban clone. If you don't know what Sokoban is, it is a game in which you push uh, boxes around a room to find the exit. Yeah, that's uh, like my
1: room at the house when I'm trying to get out.
0: <laughs> and uh, but this game has some uh, some fun other uh, other things too. This game was originally based on Pico Bond, which was a Pico Eight game, and uh, it uh, we actually this is a very special episode of the Coco Show because we have the author of the game on with us. Uh, Paul Thayer, a.k.a. Redbeard, joins us throughout the entire episode and talks to us about the genesis of this game and all of its features. I enjoyed this one, Aaron. Let Did me you tell you,
1: I learned something. Now I'm ready to do interviews again.
0: We're ready. Mm-hmm. Now we got it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, no,
1: I'm not as uh, uh, um, scared to look dumb. As long as we're doing them and just let the other guy tell us everything we don't know, and we just sit there. Mm-hmm. Then we're ready. Yeah. Uh, but this was fun. Uh, I sucked at this game, too, Boat, by the way. I Me and you both sucked about equally in this one. And then but it was great to have the author cuz you get a little hidden peak. Yeah. Like this was a Pico 08 game that inspired this game, which you know, if you're into the Pico 08, that was cool. He sort of he sort of told us about what he had coming up. Mm-hmm. Then Bode even gave him some game ideas. Right there on the show, yeah. In Boats own inevitable way because mm-hmm. he's a he's a pot
0: stern. You are a Boat. I am.
1: So this was a fun one. If you're a oh, co- we also
0: talked about what we're gonna do to those Cocoa Crew guys once. That's what I'm
1: talking about. about. See, you're you're also stirring more pot. So we ignore that. We love the Cocoa Crew, uh, but uh, yeah, this was fun. I had a good time with this one. Uh, speaking of fun, I mean, listen, how can you not click on that? The big. <laughs> Pokey. <laughs> Me and Britt, we did a show on the Pokey Chip, ARG Presents. It's the second show we've done on it. The first one was on arcade games. This one was on the Pokey Chip Back to the House, the home games. that What had a, a Pokey Chip, boat, You know, stuff like the Atari 5200, the 8-bits. Mm-hmm. Did you listen to this one, by the way? I did. Did you hear my long soliloquy and how great the 8-bits were and how they do not get any
0: respect from nobody? I, I, was, I was cheering did in you? my car as you said that. <laughs> Because listen, the Sid, everybody's talking about the Sid. All the the Sid is so good. The Sid is great. The Sid sucks. The Pokey's where it's at. Even Mm -hmm. though the Pokey can't actually play some intervals in tune correctly. For for a chip that came out in the 70s, that's what I was saying. That's what it's all about. Because by the 80s, everybody can do everything. But for for the time, there was nothing like the Pokey chip. Show me some of that great Apple II music that was going on in the 70s. There was none.
1: uh, Yeah, listen, you're not going to get an argument here. I love the Pokey. Me and Brent had some good fun, because I looked at a couple good games here. Brent picked an, an old favorite of mine, Alley Cat. Mm-hmm. I like but Alley Cat, always, too. I always, I always, it really does show off the pokey chip. And I showed, I picked up a game. I'd never played this one before on the 7800, I was boat.
0: surprised when you were at it, because I'd never played this one either. Boy. I knew this was a high-dollar game, but when you're talking about cutscenes and stuff, that's yeah, not stuff was, you see on the 7800. This was a lot of
1: fun. It was Commando on the 7800. Mm. Now, the 7800, in their infinite wisdom, Atari decided, eh, we'll just use the 2600s chip for the sound. That was a dumb <laughs> choice. Real dumb. And so what they're like, don't worry, if you want Pokey music, just put it on your cartridge. Mm -hmm. It'll be cheap.
0: Now, I'll I'll tell you what's interesting. Um, In in fact, as I was doing some research on the old seventy-eight hundred. I was like, I wonder what's going on in the homebrew scene these days. They've actually created a a multi-cart that has an FPGA inside of it that can simulate the Pokey chip. Neat. So when you're playing Commando, because normally when you play Commando off a multi-cart, it sucks because you don't get that pokey sound. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, for the record, I'm not dissing the SID chip.
1: I love the SID and the pokey. Listen, I'm not one of these guys that's going to get this kind of back back schoolyard throwdown. I embrace all technology. I love it. Except for the PC. It's no good. All right. (laughs) Now... Let's move over. Believe it or not, finally we got a lot of sweet action on the Stream Team channel, amigo Stream Team. Quickly, run, add it now to your YouTube uh, subscription list. It's gold. So i free to do. I did a show last week, Boat. Now listen. Sometimes you pick a winner. Has
0: it only been 1 week since this? It feels like a so million billion years. I did this years. last
1: I did this last Friday. Wow. It was it was a, a it was a Friday night disaster stream with your good buddy Amigo Aaron. You know, I had one quest, Boat, and that quest was To bring back the Nintendo Wii. This is my first ever effort with the Wii. And I mean, I'm got a real Wii up there. I'm jumping, I'm dancing, I'm I'm romancing, I'm bowling the whole nine yards. And I thought to myself, this is an underserved console. People will be down with the clown. Mm -hmm. That was wrong. No one was down with this clown. People hate the Wii, and they hate anyone that plays it. I didn't, this video died a death, but it didn't get over. But it was a lot of fun. And so I told myself, "Listen, self, you're coming back to the Wii sometime soon. I don't give up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it over. I'm bringing this sucker back." There's a ton of good Wii games. I don't mean to Wii U. Ed, you uh, ditched that thing. Oh, you knew no. It. You
0: got rid of that I thing. I had all kinds of, yeah. uh asked, is there a Barbie game if on If there's the
1: a Wii? Barbie game on that sucker, I'll play it, but I don't think there is. I think I covered, I think me, I think me and uh, uh, Frodo pretty much hit all the, the Barbie hmm. games, but you never know. But there is some boxing games. I boxed. I bowled. I sword fought. I mean, it was you know yeah. the Wii. Oh yeah, come the Wii's on, put great. it over.
0: I yeah. love the Wii, and I've always loved the Wii, and I don't understand the 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 crap that it takes from the gaming community maybe, at large. Maybe people just didn't want to see me
1: bowl. That could be part of it. Mm-hmm. So there's a now. Listen, uh, you're not in the Wii. Understandable, but here's the thing: you're going to be into. Look who's back! Guess who's back? It's 48k RAM. Mm-hmm. The Josther, and he's back, brother, and he's jacked. He's came back in style. He's streaming again. This time out, we've got some Coco. He's playing Mod Files on the Coco, dude. And guess what? They sound primo. Mm. Did you know you could do that? No. Mod Files on the Coco. You wow. could do it. You could go home and do it right now. How do you do
0: it? He shows you. Oh, i to watch some, it.
1: He's not some kind of homeless hobo. He knows what's going on. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Just look. He knows the score. And then he also does a few other things, but I, I want to get. And he also does. Well, he knows what's up
0: because he's got the Coco SDC. That's
1: right. You got to have that, and you can get that from Frank at RichardRewind.ca. He also he also messes around the uh, the Atari 800 XL uh, this week as well. So good stuff. I'm, and by the way, the coming stream that I'm going to put up this coming week is when he finally once again goes to war. With that BBC oh, Master one, that's, that's, that's been a big project, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. And boy, it's, it's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. So check him out now. This was a fun one, Boat. Holy moly. It's our good buddy, the Flaxter, Jack Flack himself, Rob Flack, over here. I was putting him over earlier. I'm going to do it again. He does a little show called Sprite Castle Plays every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's it's not Miss TV, boat. I think that's what they call it. Mm-hmm. This time out, and you never know what he's gonna do. This time out, it's a couple hours of him going through his old arcade photos and talk, and so it's all arcade stuff. And listen, you can go around and you can sit around and listen to some dipstick talk about some dumb crap, or you can listen to someone who who's double deep into the hobby give you the scoop. The heavy games, the games that had rats nests in them, what they found in there, was there money in there? Which games were hard to move? What did he pay for them? What did he sell them for? You know, the construction of the arcade. What happened? Why are they all You know, all gone? he should
0: make a podcast about all of these arcade machines.
1: Good idea. But he's already made one. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> uh, but listen, you should check this out. This was a lot of fun. Man, I, this was real entertaining. So, and you should, another guy, you should get on Twitch, follow, subscribe, Uh, Rob O'Hara on Twitch. This is his weekly Sprite Castle. Good stuff right there. I'm so happy to have him cooking again. Mm -hmm. And last but certainly not least, another guy who's back. He's back again. It's our good buddy, Happy Coding. Happy sent me some new games to play. Ooh. One of the games I can't play because it's in a format that I don't have an emulator for. Oh. But the other one he played, remember this old Asteroids game? Mm-hmm. He made a version of it where your ship is at on the ground and goes back and forth so it's like Astro Blast. Oh, okay. It's very clever. Yeah. Happy, you may not know this, but he's double smart and, he's, oh, yeah. and he knows the score. And so, this is Happy Coding, ZX Spectrum Coding Class. He goes in here and he talks you up. He gives you advice. He gives you techniques. It's a weekly show. He usually pretty much goes every week. So if you're interested in learning a little something about programming on the ZX, we don't, we don't do a lot of programming talk because we're dumb. This is why we got to bring in ringers. I don't even know which side of the keyboard Listen, use. Listen, I can't. How many Gs are in programming? I don't even know. All right? That's why you bring in Happy. Happy coding. So please check him out. Always a good time with the Happer. He's, he's a fun guy, too. He's been on many of the old ICCs back in the day. I think, Bo, that's all we've got to talk about. But I do want to talk about before we finish up with your other stuff. You know, we've got a, a big event coming up, as you mentioned earlier in the show, and that's a little thing called Amigathon. Talk about it, That's Bo. right.
0: Amigathon is coming up on February 11th. No, that's not. That's wrestling. February 18th. <laughs> February 18th is uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Please join us at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Amiga Studios as we play 12 hours of Amiga games oh, to help raise money for the Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Since 2017, AmigaThon has raised over $10,000 in support of worthy causes such as Make-A-Wish UK and the Children's Miracle Network. Yeah. We hope you will join us for 12 hours of fun conviviality, lots of good games, maybe some bad games, and hopefully raising lots of money for Listen, the kids. I'm not getting any sort of conviviality unless there's a fiver involved. <laughs>
1: and I will say this. Uh, this is the year that I'm so thankful that we're not having that rent the hour thing because oh I gosh. could see some sucker loading up yeah. for like two hours of virus, mm-hmm. and that would be the end of the telethon. That'd yeah. be, they'd have to put me in the Children's <laughs> Miracle Hospital because I'd be down. I'd yeah. be down for sure. It should be a lot of fun. When I told the Brent that this thing started at 8 a.m., the look on his face was priceless. He was like, oh. He doesn't have to come right
0: at 8 I told him, I was once. like, you never
1: show up on time anyway, yeah. you hose head. <laughs> and so, but me and Boat will be there.
0: That's right. We'll be ready to rock and roll. We're getting the kickback. So if you would like to contribute right now and get in early on the action, go to amigathon.com. We've already raised over $1,000. Another special thank you to Frank at Record Rewind for matching the first $500 in donations. And we hope you will join us in just a couple more weeks for Amigathon 2023. It will be a happening mode. It will be a happening, my friend. All right, Aaron. What's coming up on Amigos next week? I'm afraid to look. Let's see. Oh! (laughs) Premiere. I don't know much about this one, Aaron. Have you played this one? Yeah, I'm afraid so, Uh, I played this on the ARG one time. Well, this is another core game. I will say, the the Brent loved it. Mm, He told me it was one of his all-time favorite games. All right. Well, sometimes we have the same tastes, so. Well, (laughs) I'm praying it's not this time. Otherwise, it's got to be a locked-up mode.
1: I'm going to give it a fresh set of eyes and try her again. Because sometimes when you look, review stuff with the brand, just his mere presence <laughs> sours it.
0: All right. Well, we thank you as always for listening to Amigos. If you want to uh, keep this show rolling, going to head on over to Patreon.com/slash Amigos Podcast, uh, and you can join our Discord community. Uh, if you want to watch us live on Twitch, it's Twitch.tv/slash Amigos Retro Gaming. And uh, we appreciate all the fine folks that support our show, either through Patreon or on Twitch. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you to our moderators over in the chat. Uh, We appreciate everybody who makes this show go each and every week. Going on eight years now, Aaron. Unbelievable. So, guys, we will see you next time. And until then, Adios. adios.